Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. This week, reviewing Mid-South Wrestling Television from November 5th, 1983, taped on October 26th, 1983, at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. I am the great Brian Last. My pleasure to be with you once again. And of course, joining me, as he does each and every week, from booking the territory, Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? I'm living the dream, Brian. Looking forward <laughs> to another episode of Mid-South Wrestling. We are inching closer to some better times in Mid-South. We've talked about it for a while. We're not quite there yet, but we are slowly making our way towards 1984. And we're going to get there. And before we get to 84, we are going to have some better times that just kind of start to put the big push as we go into 84 it's coming and uh that's where we're at right now but i'm doing great living the dream here to be blessed and be a blessing brother you're right around this period of time bill watts knows there's a problem and he's trying to fix it this is the second episode from the television taping on october 26th there's another tv taping after this and then the tv taping after that is where we start to see some of the new talent that reflects the deal that he made with Jerry Jarrett, the talent trade that he made with Jerry Jarrett. So we're almost there, but right around this period of time, based on when that happens, Bill Watts knows, my crowds are down, the enthusiasm's down, what can I do to change this that I'm not seeing? And we'll talk a lot about that as the show goes on this week and next week, but let's kick things off, the show open, Boyd Pierce and Cowboy Bill Watts. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, and we have a lot of exciting action. The Mid-South Tag Team titles will be on the line. Hacksaw Butch Reed and Jim the Anvil Neidhart take on, listen to this, Hacksaw Jim Dugan and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Another wild battle. We'll see the Junkyard Dog in the ring against Big Bobby Duncan. We have all the top stars here. We have a top star to tell you about it. The expert commentator is our guest, Cowboy Bill Watts. Well, thanks, Boyd, and I'm so proud of Mid-South. I tell you, it's got tons of mail because the people realize that Mid-South want the people to be well represented also and you mentioned the junkyard dog and that's the whole crux of the matter the junkyard dog is the north american champion in the most unusual circumstances i think you said it so well in over 30 years you'd ever heard of a wrestling organization standing up and reverting back stripping the title from nikolai volkov through a series of events putting it back on reed and making reed wrestle the man the people had selected three weeks ago the junkyard dog and then at great expense the American Dream, Dusty Rose, was a surprise referee. Let's rejoin Reeser Bowden for that great announcement that happened here last week. And that's what we do, Mike. We get a recap of last week's big North American title change. The Junkyard Dog defeating Hacksaw Butch Reed. Dusty Rhodes as the referee. It's easy to forget. I think it was the beginning of 1982 where Dusty announced that he had signed a booking agreement with Mid-South Wrestling. We're going to be seeing lots of Dusty Rhodes. And then, like, we didn't see him until last week on the show. So it took, like, over a year and a half for Dusty to return. But any thoughts before we uh, move forward to the show about this recap? As I always say, Brian, everything was airtight, brother, back then. And it really wasn't because I do recall that. I mean, it was an emphatic announcement by Bill Watts when he said that in 82. And I don't remember the exact month, but it felt like it was in the first quarter or first part of 1982 where we got that. And yet here we are. I mean, that taping, this taping took place in October of 83, and this is airing in November of 83. But, you know, a year and a half uh, about whereabouts later is when Dusty is now here and whatnot. So I, you make a great point. Uh, it's just one of those things. I mean, we, we always, you, you and I talk about it. We, we love our old wrestling and we romanticize about a lot of it, but you also have to be honest with yourself sometimes when it's not you know, airtight. And here's a great example of that. Dusty Rhodes, you know, 16, 17, 18 months later, oh, now he's back. And oh, that was the agreement we were talking about back then. So good call back to that, Brian, because I know we didn't, we didn't mention that when Dusty was here uh, last week. So good stuff. We then get a match, the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Hacksaw Butch Reed and Jim the Anvil Neidhart versus Hacksaw Duggan and Dusty Rhodes, Rick Ferreira the referee, 
We'll have some thoughts about this one in a moment, but let's hear the opening comments from Cowboy Bill Watts. It started off with a bang here, I'll guarantee you. And we got five standby matches. The Junkyard Dog against Bobby Duncan, King Cobra against Nikolai Volkov, Leaping Lanny Poffo against Tom Stanton, the Iceman against the Missing Link, Marty and Jerry Oates against Art Cruz, and Larry Higgins. But we got the title bout first, and it has precedence over everything. American Dream, Dusty Rhodes and Jim Hacksaw Dugan. Those two South Tag Finals and Dugan just clotheslined. Jim the Anvil Nightheart sets in that stance to give that spear, and Nightheart knows he better get on his skates and get out of there. Nightheart, no stranger to a clothesline. Hacksaw Reed, who is so upset, and he's trying to take a little venom out on Dusty Rhodes right now. Talk about upset. Listen to these people. They love it. This place, Eisman Neal Boys Club, is going upside down tonight. I'll guarantee another man upsets Nikolai Volkov, who has demanded time to speak and lodge a formal protest. He said he's called the Russian embassy, and he wants to lodge a formal protest over the way the North American title was taken from him. Of course, he was not in a sanctioned match, just an emotional young man, T.A., who wouldn't back down, wouldn't let the United States be put down by this badgering bully in Russia. South made that landmark decision. You better buy Russian war bonds. He can't stand Dusty Rhodes. But the American dream, the people love him. And Hacksaw Butch Reed found out Dusty Rhodes could do a lot more than just referee. Hacksaw Jim Dugan. I'm telling you, I just can't believe some of the matches Grizzly Smith comes up with. I think, boy, than the correspondence we get, and I want to thank the people that there's often reference made to they watch wrestling from Atlanta all over the country. Satellites out of Madison Square Garden, and this is the finest wrestling they've seen. And Hacksaw, listen to the crowd cheer when Hacksaw Dugan comes in. Hacksaw Dugan and Hacksaw Butch Reed, a battle of Hacksaws, and there's no love loss in this ongoing battle. Oh, showbreaker. You see Anvil Neidhart looking in. Neidhart, the man who's been making derogatory remarks about the lifestyle and the personal hygiene of Hacksaw Dugan. Well, there we hear some comments from Bill Watts as this match gets going. I guess we're not hearing that in the local promos, Jim Neidhart's comments about Jim Duggan's hygiene. But some interesting stuff there. Nikolai Volkov filing a protest with the Russian embassy. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. But Mike, any thoughts about this match and the commentary by the Cowboy? Just a couple of quick thoughts. One, I don't know if I'm just, if it's just me, but as I, as that match was opening up, to me, you kind of hear a a level of excitement that you haven't heard a lot. I'm not going to say you haven't heard at all because we have had moments. But you you can hear the crowd is they really feel like they're into it this week. And I don't know if it's because, you know, Dusty's here and we got Duggan and Reed and Nightheart. I mean, we got some I'd call four pretty big hitters, obviously, in the ring. But the crowd, they were up like just naturally from the beginning. They didn't need much. They were already up. So that was the first thing. And I definitely caught your note about Volkov filing a protest with the Russian embassy. I have no idea what that is supposed to do in Mid-South Wrestling in 1983. But, yes, Volkov uh, is going to be a theme in, in this episode. So just, just you know, put your hat on the wall, hang it, and stay tuned for more on Volkov and his protesting and, and, and whatnot and other shenanigans that he's going to be involved in. And like you said, a lot of really good action here. The fans are really into it. They're really into Dusty. They love Jim Duggan. And they give this some time. We always get main event quality matches on Mid-South, but sometimes they go short. Sometimes it's six minutes. You know, it's in between commercials. A match never goes, you know, oh, we're going to commercial break. We will be right back with the rest of this match. We never get that. But they give this one time. It goes almost 10 minutes. Let's hear some more thoughts from the end of the match, the finish, because we get a run-in from the Russian mentioned earlier. Let's go to this. Tag. The dream comes in. Floats like a butterfly, sting like a bee. There it goes. A little bully from Austin, Texas. I guarantee he's been in some wars, and he's a general. Now Hacksaw Dugan coming in. It's all four men there. Dugan just punishing 
Much Reed, referee putting Dugan out. He's not legally in. Reed. Oh, Reed just collected one. Reed put right on the floor. Dusty Rhodes. American Dream. There's Neidhart. Crossbody block by Rhodes. He's got him. One, two. No. Reed pulls Rhodes out by the hair. You got a fight going. You got a fight going there. Dugan is keeping Neidhart from jumping in from behind. Dusty Rhodes. Volkov just hit Dusty Rhodes in the head with a 100-pound bag of wheat. Nick Pereira called for the bell. He just ran Dusty's head into that steel post. Volkov hit him with that 100-pound bag of wheat split it all over. But the bell is called. They got him in a Boston grab. They got Dugan in a Boston grab. The referee's called for the DQ, but Rhodes has got He cannot help him. He cannot help him. Here comes Magnum T.A. Magnum T.A. Magnum T.A. coming to help him. Here comes the junkyard dog in. Dusty Rhodes has not moved. He's laying out here on that cold concrete floor. And there's some wild action going inside there. Griffin shows he can kick too. But Dusty Rhodes has not moved. There's wheat. All over the referee coming to see about Dusty Rhodes. But in the ring, Axel Reed. Disqualification. There you have it. The referee, Rick Ferrer, calling for the disqualification as we try to get things settled down. We'll pause and be back with more action. Well, Reed Neidhart beat it out of here, but I'll tell you. It's... We'll be right back on Mid South Rest. Well, there it is, Mike. Hacksaw Duggan and Dusty Rhodes winning via disqualification because Nikolai Volkov runs in while Butch Reed and Dusty are brawling on the floor and hits him with what Bill Watts claims is a 100-pound bag of wheat. What are your thoughts about this? Lots of excitement. I mean, you heard the crowd. They're really, really into this thing from the start when the hot tag was made to Dusty. Dusty comes in. He hits his spots. You know, he eventually hits a crossbody on Neidhart, but Reed... You heard Watts say Reed pulls Dusty by the hair. He literally yanks Dusty out of the ring by the hair as Dusty was going for the cover. Uh, the 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 spot that like I didn't remember until I rewatched it. Man, that's it's definitely not a hundred pounds, maybe fifty. I don't know, but he hits Dusty in the back of the head with that quote unquote bag of wheat, and Dusty goes down like he just got shot with a nine millimeter. He ain't moving. I mean, he's like he's dead. Um, that had to be a hell of a mess to, to try to clean up on the floor as well. I always think of that as an adult now. But, man, Dusty is out cold. Meanwhile, you know, it's a DQ. They're, these all guys, these guys are all in the ring going after it, getting after each other. Dog comes out. Magnum comes out. I don't know if you caught it. Something happens to the left side of the ring in the crowd because I believe like a security guy or cop, is, he runs to the left. I don't know if one of the fans was like, this is bull crap. I'm getting in here and helping out, um, which would go along with, mod- with uh, you know, classic wrestling. We, we saw that type of stuff back in the day. But, yeah, this is, um, this, is, this is good stuff. A wild brawl ensues. But we got to figure out what happened to Dusty because, man, Dusty got nailed in the back of the head with that bag of wheat. Good stuff all around as, uh, I guess, the Dusty and, and Duggan win via DQ. We then go to our next match, the North American champion, the Junkyard Dog, versus someone we saw last week, Bobby Duncan. Johnny Martinez, the referee. Let's go to some audio, because although this is the next match and it has the North American champion, Cowboy Bill Watts stills talking about Dusty Rhodes being carried out, as well as some thoughts about the referees in Mid-South Wrestling. Six foot six, 285 pound Bobby Duncan. You could have to call him Mr. A tough stud from Texas against the North American champion, the Junkyard Dog. During the commercial break, I want to thank the Irishman Neal helpers here for getting out, sweeping up the wheat. Dusty Rhodes was carried to a dressing room on the ground floor here. We do not know. He was helped out by Magnum TA, the Junkyard Dog, and two other referees. Officially, the match was a disqualification, and the titles did not change hands. 
I don't think that Reed and Neidhart, that there was a collusion situation there. I think that the Russian thinks that Dusty Rose, the American Dream, represents the United States and was making that brutal type of protest and throwing that wheat, that 100-pound bag of wheat that just split wide open when it hit Dusty over the head. But that's so much weight, only a man that strong could power it over his head and deliver a blow with it. And then he picked Dusty up and ran him in the post, I'm sure, mid-south will certainly take some type of retaliatory action against the Russian financially. A junkyard dog against Big Bobby Duncan. Then King Cobra will be against Nikolai Volkov. Leaping Lanny Poffo versus Tom Stanton. The Iceman against the missing link. Marty and Jerry Oates versus Art Cruz and Larry Higgins. It's the remainder of the card, providing we have television time, and it's been a wild evening. During the break, I was talking to some of the fans, and they were saying, get new referees. Let me tell you, no referees could control that. Those referees made the right decision. It was a disqualification. Titles did not change hands on disqualifications. They said, well, get Dusty as a referee. We had Dusty here as a referee last week. Mid-South went to that expense. But Dusty Rhodes, no main eventer, is going to go referee matches everywhere. They just cannot uh, get the tremendous percentage of the gate they get as big-time main event wrestlers, Dusty Rhodes in demand all over the country, and here as you see he went into that Mid-South tag title and with a superstar like Dusty people are headhunting him because they want to whip Dusty Rhodes and have it get around. Not only that Bill, but the only decision that could be rendered was a disqualification. That's right, there's no fault there in the officials, those officials are not geared to physically control these people, and when I was wrestling if the official could have handled my opponent then I shouldn't be in there you know, and I'm not trying to say that in a, any type of pompous way, but, I mean, if the official was as physical and in, in, in the condition and had the knowledge that I have, he shouldn't be wrestling. He could make more money instead of being instead of refereeing. That's why you get top guys like this right here, the Junkyard Dog and Big Bobby Duncan. And Duncan, 285 pounds, is smashed to the mat by JYD. The old JYD. JYD is back. Well, there you hear it, Mike. JYD is back, but some really interesting stuff. I really like hearing Bill Watts talk about the referees. You can't blame the referees when something like what just happened to Dusty Rhodes happens because they can't control these big wrestlers. And the reason that we don't have more guest referees like a Dusty Rhodes is because these guys don't want to give up the money they make as a main eventer to be referees. Great stuff there. That right there was some of the best audio you'll hear from Bill Watts. And Bill Watts always does a good job of presenting things in a realistic fashion. But let me expound upon why I feel that way. I'm a big college football fan. I love the NFL. I like the NBA. Uh, I watch sports. You're a baseball guy. I mean, we, 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 between you and I, we watch our fair share of sports, like what I'll call real sports. I put that in quotes. But anyway. The point I want to make and to drive home what Watts is saying is, in the NFL, in the NBA, you may have referees who played at a time. You may have umpires in baseball who may have played at a time. I'm not really up to date on baseball umps and whatnot, so I, maybe I shouldn't say that. But my point being— Yeah, typically they don't. Typically the umpires okay. are not former players, yeah. Okay. I'm glad you clarified. But you uh, let me say it like this. You may have umpires, referees in these various sports— that may have had athletic backgrounds, but they are not pro athletes that can play in that sport, meaning that you would not take those guys and be able to put them on the field. If you could put them on the field, they wouldn't be umpiring because they can make a lot more money as, as actual players or refereeing because they can make more money as actual players is the point I'm trying to drive home. So Watts is absolutely right. The ref's job is to call the match. His job isn't to be a quote-unquote competitor or be able to muscle around guys. In the NFL, the referees cannot push around these big, large offensive and defensive linemen. They can also not run with the fastest guys on the field. That's not their job. Their job is to call the match. So Watts drives a great point home when he draws it, draws us in like that. Yeah, they got Dusty and they got Dog to do a guest referee spot, but that was only a special situation. And that doesn't even happen in quote-unquote real sports. So it's, it's a great point by Watts regarding referees and what their actual job is in there. And he drove it home. He said, look, if a referee can take me, I shouldn't even be in there. And that's true. Because in the U.S., well, I don't want to say the UFC. I mean, there's some of those, some of those uh, 
some of those refs, uh, so to say, are, are, are they probably can fight. But the point being, you don't, you just don't have a referee who's going to get in there and be able to mix it up with your best wrestler. So Bill Watts, spot on commentary right there about the referees and the questions from the fans about why don't you hire a, you know, a, a wrestler as a referee? It's just not feasible and it's not realistic. Although I should point out. Of course, Randy Anderson and Johnny Martinez can't handle this, but Rick Ferrero was a former wrestler. Good point. Good point. And and, and as we know, uh, Mark Curtis was an actually very fine wrestler. He just was very, very skinny uh, back in his day. So, yeah, you, you, you're absolutely right. You do have. A, but again, Brian, I think when Rick Ferrara starts refing, He's then a former wrestler because I don't think I don't think we see Ricky Ferrara come back and wrestle, at least on TV. I don't know what he did on house shows and live events. Yeah, I mean, he became a referee that we saw early 82 and he had just been wrestling on TV right before then. There may have been a week or two where he was back in the ring because I think he started as kind of a replacement referee, but we have not seen him wrestle at all. And I haven't gone through the house show results to see if he's in them. But I think he's a retired wrestler by this point. The point is, he was someone who you would think at least possibly could be physical. But typically, referees are like the Randy Anderson, a skinny guy. You know, Nick Patrick was a referee who was a former wrestler. Bigger guy. Call Fergie ends up, he's he's in the, you know, he'll start refereeing. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll see him and whatnot. So, yeah, that's a fair point as well. The dog wins with the thump. And then we get our next match. Nikolai Volkov versus King Curtis, Randy Peewee Anderson, the referee. Let's go to some audio from the Cowboy, an update on what's going on, Dusty Rhodes, and of course, Nikolai Volkov. We just received word that Dusty Rhodes has been taken from the arena. He's on his feet. He's badly stunned, but he has been taken from the arena. Nikolai Volkov has demanded time on Mid-South in order to lodge a formal protest that he's called the Russian Embassy. He will be given that time after the next bout, providing there's television time remaining. King Cobra against Nikolai Volkov. A juggernaut, a powerful, heartless, devastating, proud, vain athlete says that the United States wouldn't come to the Russian Olympics, he came here. To prove, right here in our own background, this is the aggressiveness, this is what's happening. Russia controls 60% of the world now. Even Russia and the advisors in Granada. Grenada, whatever. some point the line has to be drawn they have to be stopped Steve Dr. Death Williams I know it'd give his eye teeth for us this guy he's such a patriotic man he can't stand Russian wrestlers the one thing you've got to realize when you're against a Russian athlete a Russian wrestler they are the best uh, they don't even get out of that country to come over here and compete well, there he is once again, my favorite, geopolitical Bill Watts, talking about Granada, Grenada. He is not exactly sure how to pronounce it, <laughs> but some thoughts about the Russians controlling 60% of the world, but also important here, we haven't seen him in quite a while, a mention of Dr. Death Steve Williams, how he's not happy with the Russians. Because that's just a natural thing to bring up when it comes to Dr. Death, the all-American boy. I want to mention, I've said this before, I believe, about Watts. And it's fair to make this point again. You'll notice how when geopolitical Bill Watts makes his appearance every week and he starts burying Russia and speaking bad about Russia, he also, at the same time, almost every time it feels like at least, he puts over how great the athletes are that come from Russia. And I think that's, you know, I, for a while I was like, God, how hypocritical could you be, Bill? I mean, you 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 bury them in one term, but then you you're constantly putting over how great they are. But it's in his best interest to also, as he buries them as a country, puts over his talent, Nikolai Volkov, as this strong brute of a Russian who 
can beat beat people's butt and and you know beat ass and take names after. I mean, it's it's just what it is. So, um, and he does it all. If you listen to him, he's always talking about he buries Russia, talks bad about Russia, but then he puts over how great. I think his his terms there was he talked about how great the athletes from Russia are every single time he'll mention that. Nikolai Volkov wins with his backbreaker. And then we go to something interesting. Of course, Nikolai Volkov defeating King Cobra here. We come out of the commercial break with Bill Watts at the desk telling us about something that happened during the commercial break. Let's go to this. This has been a crazy day. It's been unusual. It's always unusual in Mid-South, but I think this tops it. During the last commercial break, the most unusual incident I've ever witnessed happened. Butch Reed, I think, has flipped his lid, and you and I were sitting here watching, and I guess our comments, I don't even know what they were on this. Director Orlink is going to replay what happened during the commercial break with Butch Reed and King Cobra. I apologize for anything we may have said that's wrong, Boyd Pierce, but we'll play it because I'm sure there's going to be heavy action taken over this. Let's roll that now. What is Butch Reed doing now? What's Butch Reed doing? A can of paint and a brush. Oh, no man is his brother. Oh, he just threw the referee out. Oh, it looks like we got some action we didn't bargain for, boy. Butch Reed is punishing King Cobra for no reason. No reason. He's got him up into a slam. Cobra was just devastated. Oh, he was just devastated by Volkov, and now Reed's on him. I don't know why. There's no reason. I'm like you, Bill. Butch Reed is in in the ring, but I don't know what for. I think the man flipped his lid, boys. I think the man has flipped his ever-loving lid. This thing with him and the dog has driven him mad. There's a third referee in there trying to haunt him, and out he goes. I guarantee you those refs don't want back in there, and I don't blame them. He's crazy. He got the yellow paint. He's a yellow paint. Well, I didn't know That's that. a direct challenge at the junkyard dog. The yellow paint. Reed has challenged the junkyard dog. Right down the middle of his back. Right down the middle of his back. Here comes the dog with his chain. Reed better get out of there. I think that picture is worth a thousand words. There's nothing at this time we can do about it. It will be sent to Tampa to Charlie Lay. I'm sure some action will be taken. But again, I think that Butch Reed, the thing with he and Junkyard Dog, has him demented, Boyd Pierce. And I'm sure King Cobra, a valiant young man, he'll want a chance to <laughs> retaliate also. Right now, let's go to Reese Bowden in the ring. So there, Mike, Butch Reed, during the commercial break, attacks... King Cobra humiliates him, paints a yellow streak down his back. The thing I found interesting was that right away, as soon as he started doing it, Bill Watts jumped to it being a direct shot at the Junkyard Dog. This is a direct message to the Junkyard Dog. Why would it be that, with him giving King Cobra a yellow streak? Yeah, he immediately just went to that. I mean, I don't... I. It was kind of... I don't know. I don't... That's a good question. I, I will say this: this is, you know, won't be the last time we see uh, Butch with the can of paint painting a yellow stripe down someone's back. Um, you know, I, I I just remember this as a kid, and I don't know if I really understood it in 1983, like the humiliating aspect of it. But uh, you know, in not now that you get older, you're like, okay, that's humiliating. He's he's painting the Yellow streak down this man's back. The man already lost. He's in the ring. He lost to Volkov. You know, uh, Volkov's a, a brute of a man, beats him down, and then Butch comes in and just, for whatever reason, decides, I'm going to paint a, a streak down his back. I don't know, Brian. What did? Let me ask you that. What did you make of him just randomly out of nowhere, you know, bringing Dog into it? I mean, I know him and Dog have had a feud and and whatnot, but there's other things he could do to take a direct shot at him. I mean, Reed doesn't say anything about dog. He's not yelling anything. I mean, he is talking while he's painting the, the yellow streak down Cobra's back, but he doesn't. I mean, we can't hear him at least audibly on, on the episode. Maybe the crowd can hear him saying something about dog. Uh, but I don't know. What did you, I mean, did you, did you think he just pulled that out of nowhere? 
I think Bill Watts was trying to tie it together, but there wasn't much reason to do so. Of course, in the future, not to play spoiler, Butch Reed paints the junkyard dog's back yellow. Right. But it hasn't happened yet. So there really is nothing tying the two things together yet. And I mean, King Cobra's an African-American wrestler. Does Junkyard Dog just blindly defend any of the African-American wrestlers? Is it because Junkyard Dog and Butch Reed are in a feud that anything Butch Reed does to someone else is a shot at the Junkyard Dog? It's not explained why, because Bill Watts immediately jumps to that point, that it's a direct shot at the, yeah. at the dog. And of course, the dog makes the save, but that's a reasonable. I'm sure Butch Reed was beating up Mike Jackson. The dog would probably be the guy to make the save. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know exactly why, you know, all of a sudden he just shows up with the yellow paint. I mean, it's the first time we've ever seen this on TV. And right away, it's implied that it's a shot at the dog. Yeah, it it, it is kind of just out of nowhere. I, I You know, I, I will say this. When when Reed turned on the dog, if you remember, and I, again, I'm, I'm reaching here because I, I just don't know. When Reed turned on the dog, if you remember, Reed was, you know, talking about going his own way and dog immediately was like see this is why this is why our people can't get along remember dog made that statement yeah that's Um, right so i was like and i'm not again i'm reaching i'm not saying that had anything to do with this or if it's an african-american on african-american thing if it's a black on black crime thing i'm reaching here because and when i say i'm reaching i'm making assumptions just based on you know my knowledge as a person and what bill watts is saying i don't know if that's what they were getting at with you know, he's going to come out here and paint King Cobra. I don't know. And like you said, not to play spoiler, but we kind of spoil things. We won't say when it happens. Reed is eventually going to paint dog and bust his ass in the process. <laughs> At least I remember. I, I, maybe I'm misremembering it, but I could have swore he painted him and busted his behind, slipped on the paint or something. But it's it's just one of those things where it's very much random. You know, Watch yells out of nowhere. You know, it's a shot at the dog. And of course. Like you said, it's reasonable that JYD is going to come out and save King Cobra because he's going to do that for any baby face. I mean, if it was Magnum out there at this moment, he's going to come out and save him. So it's very, very, it's it's weird and we'll see more. I'll tell you what, the crowd did react because Dog came down. But um, yeah, the, the symbolism right now is, I guess, lost on us all as far as no, having no real explanation from Watts, which is which is uncommon for Watts. We then go to our next match. Leaping Lanny Poffo versus Tom Stanton. Rick Ferreira, the referee. Lanny Poffo wins with his moonsault, although not called the moonsault just yet. I have no other notes about this match other than I have to say, I mean, Lanny Poffo does look pretty creepy. I don't know what it is, but just the glare he was giving to the camera when they introduced him. I was like, man, it's hard to like understand what the audience is for Lanny Poffo here. And if things hadn't happened with the talent exchange with Jarrett, what would Lanny Poffo's role had been here? But what what are your thoughts about this match, Mike? That That's a good what if, uh, as you mentioned that. He, the, the creepiness is the mustache. That, that mustache does something. But I will be honest, I cannot get past the fact that Bill Watts just cannot. Again, Poffo wins with that backflip off the top rope, which is allowed because he did a backflip onto his opponent, and he did not jump on him. What the hell? He does look a little creepy, though. I will agree with you. We then go back to the desk where Cowboy Bill Watts throws it to Nikolai Volkov in the ring about filing a protest, and a lot more happens here, including a very, very emotional promo. Let's go to this. We have two more standby matches remaining. The Iceman against the Missing Link. Marty and Jerry Oates versus Art Cruz and Larry Higgins. But first and probably the most unusual request we've ever had, demand, and I think it should be honored because the man had won what he thought was the North American Championship, Nikolai Volkov, who has registered a protest with the Russian embassy over the situation. He's in the ring now with Reeser Bowden, and he demands to lodge a public protest against Mid-South. We'll go to Reeser now. Nikolai Volkov has insisted that he be allowed the time to make some comments. That's right. I protest the Russian embassy, the kind of Mid-South sport taking my championship belt away from me. They take it away with the cow's way, like Americans do all the time. They don't show up in Moscow Olympic because they was cows. Now they come here, they didn't have nobody after I beat fair and square, the punk. 
They come here and take my belts away because they have nobody to come here and wrestle me like man to man to take my belt. That's why I protest. I don't protest attacking to Grenada. I protest to taking my belts away because that was the cow's way. Same way they come, they sign contract with the Russians to sell over it, and the Russians come with the money and they pull it back. Why? Why Americans don't have the war and keep the war and be like men and fight like men? Do you see me here? Do I hide behind somebody's back? When I come to the to fight, I come here and fight right to the face of the face. He's got a fight right now, boy, Pierce. American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and he's got his hands taped all the way to the elbows. He's dealing out misery in blues. He's dealing out misery, but he's going to shut the big, fat Russian's mouth. Nikolai Volkov said he didn't have anybody to fight. Well, he's not showing that he wants to fight. This is the crowd. USA, USA, USA. American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and he's upset. I don't know what the referee's trying to stop him for. Dusty stood his ground right in the middle of the ring. He's calling Reese Biden into the ring. Listen to this crowd. They're putting up a big number one and USA. I was born an American citizen. And my daddy died in this country here. And I've always been a big fan of the dogs, Dugan and everybody. But I tell you what, and you write it down in your book. This country belongs to the free. Russia is not part of my repetenda. When I watch TV, Volkov, and we put a man on the moon, and y'all can't even come close, then that's awesome. And when I see my baby walk across this free earth, that's awesome. And when I see people like the wrestling fans, no matter what damn color they are, that's awesome. And Volkov, I'm awesome. I am America. I am free. I am life. I am liberty. And thank God I don't have to live in a country like you do. One time. A lot of people died in other countries to make this country free. And Dog and Dugan and Alan, you stand back. Because this was mine, baby. Volkov, you're mine. The American Dream. Dusty Rhodes. Boy, there's nothing we can add to that. Exactly what I was going to say, Bill. It's all been said. We'll be back after these messages from Mid-South. How great was that, Mike? Dusty (laughs) Rhodes. He has the entire Irish McNeil Boys Club in the palm of his hand. When he wants them to be quiet, they go completely silent. And when he starts getting super emotional, they start popping at all the right moments. He has what appears to be spit or drool on his chin because he's so emotional. He's so fired up, and we've all heard emotional Dusty Rhodes promos. I don't know if there are too many where it sounds like he's on the verge of tears, like it does here. He does invent a new word. He says, Russia's not even in my repetenda. I don't know what that, I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it works because it's Dusty Rhodes saying it here. What are your thoughts about this whole thing from the Nikolai Volkov promo into the return of Dusty Rhodes? I thought this was excellent. You know, earlier in the episode, Dusty gets hit in the back of the head with the bag of wheat from Nikolai. 
Nikolai's out there and he's just, you know, flexing his Russian ways and America never keeps their word and just burying the United States of America, which again, we're in 1983. I mean, a Russian on American television saying those things meant something uh, as far as getting heat goes. Dusty comes out with a, with a towel wrapped around his neck, which I assume is supposed to be kind of like a neck brace because he got hit in the back of the head. And he just, you know, beats down Nikolai. Nikolai runs with his tail between his legs. And Dusty's so fired up, he pushes down poor Ricky Ferrara, the referee. What I like about Dusty's promo more than anything, uh, not just the fact that the Irish McNeil is just, they go silent because they want it. They're hanging on all of his words. I say this all the time with promos. The one thing I hate about scripted promos is they lack emotion and mistakes. And what I mean by that is you did Dusty made up a word there, repetenda. When you are an emotional being and you are really fired up about something, oftentimes your words won't come out exactly right because you're fired up, you're emotional, you're not thinking as clearly as you normally would if you're calm. So it is natural in the course of cutting a promo for you to make mistakes and not say words exactly as they intend to be said or get words, you miss something here and there because you're frustrated and you're fired up. You're pissed off. Tracy Smothers did that often in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Whenever you go back and you would watch some of his promos, he gets his, gets his words twisted and he gets lost, but he's fired up, so it seems natural. That's what you got from Dusty right there. Was it like perfect as far as a script goes? No, but that's what made it beautiful because he's speaking in real terms like a real person. He sounds like a real person who is angry and frustrated with what this Russian just did to him. And he is, I mean, he's pushing things that Bill Watts loves right here with my, you know, a, I think the, the, the phrase he said was a lot of people died in other countries for the freedoms that we can have here. And I mean, he's right when it comes to like World War II and things like that. So, you know, I just thought the discombobulated aspect of where he messes up a word here and there is what makes it even that much better because he's speaking with pure emotion. You reference he's got spit falling from his chin. Yeah, it's gross, but it's great. I mean, we talk also about how like Reeser, you know, he always smirks and does different things like that during these promos. Man, he's got Reeser lost in this thing because Reeser is not even cracking a smile throughout it. So that tells you how good this was whenever you don't even have Reeser getting lost in it or Reeser gets lost in it and he's not out there ha-ha teeth and gums and whatnot like he always does. Really, really good stuff from Dusty, though. Really good. Great, great promo. Is it the Hard Times promo? No, it'll never be that famous. But if you got the, I was going to say, if you got the network, <laughs> if you've got access to being able to watch this thing, go back and watch it. It's tremendous. We then get our final match this week on the show. Iceman King Parsons versus Max, the missing link. Johnny Martinez, the referee. When Iceman comes out, the people are dancing in the stands. There's one white guy that's ridiculous that has to be seen with a mustache. Looks like a giant size R. Crumb. He's dancing in the stands. We get some audio from Cowboy Bill Watts on, once again, how the Iceman got his nickname, and also thoughts about Dusty Rhodes. And I want to make note here, of course, this is one year after the big television taping where the Junkyard Dog lost the Loser Leaves Town match and the tag title match him and Olympia versus DiBiase and Bourne, which was when they had the state fair right outside the Irish McNeil Boys Club. Well, there aren't as many people in the Irish McNeil for this week's TV taping, although they are pretty into it. However, the state fair is happening in the background, so all of a sudden fireworks start going off in the background while you are listening to this audio. Let's go to this. Introduction of the Iceman King Parsons. Bill, I believe you said something last week regarding King Parsons, and what was the saying? Oh, I'd ask him where he got the name the Iceman. And when he was in college, he worked at an ice factory or ice dock. And he said all his lady friends said his head, his hands were like ice, but his heart was warm. Very good. 
And the man, I also asked him what that maneuver was, and he called it the rumber stumper. That's where he throws his posterior right up into their face. And with his type of elevation and speed and power, you can see he can drop kick. He can do it all. He's just perpetual motion. And he gets it on. And I've known Dusty Rhodes a long time. i got to reflect back a minute. Boyd and I remember one other person that came later this country, a man named Pak Sung Nam with Gary Hart. And Dusty Rhodes walked tall. And there's nothing you've ever seen like the American Dream when he's walking tall. And he's talking to Dog and to Dugan and to Magnum T.A. says, I want him. And I imagine Bruce Smith heard that. Been war here today. Sometimes people wonder why I'm horse leaving and boy, it's just, I tell you, it's its just tremendous excitement. Great athletes, fantastic matches, fantastic fans. Bill, after Dusty Rhodes' statement, there needed no addition, no subtraction, no explanation. No, it certainly didn't. But also, you've got to remember, nobody's come head on under that Russian yet. And even looked like they were slowing him down. The dream came in with his own son of the plumber style where he come out and he taught him and did for him just exactly with those taped fists. He did it the rough way. Right here at the State Fairgrounds Irish Neil Boys Club. I don't know if you can hear it, the fireworks at the State Fair going off. It sounds like an artillery. It's not a Russian invasion. It might be a West Texas invasion as Dusty Rhodes just invaded Russia and claimed back part of that 60% of the world that the strangling grip of communism has slowly engulfed. A missing link. And the Iceman. We also have Marty and Jerry Oates, Art Cruz, and Larry Higgins standing by, but we only got two minutes of television time remaining. Well, there it is, Mike. Audio from Cowboy Bill Watts. Some good stuff once again about Dusty Rhodes. And, of course, you hear the fireworks in the background. They're pretty loud. They're pretty booming. Any final thoughts about this week's episode and this match, which at times is a bit sloppy, but what are your thoughts about this match? Geopolitical Bill Watts cannot help himself. Fireworks are going off, and he's ins- he assures us that the, the Russians aren't attacking. <laughs> a real quick question for you, actually. Watts said that Iceman's finisher is called the the Romper Stomper. Do you remember what it was called in World Class? Oh, I forget. What was it? Uh, it's actually called the Butt Butt. Bill That's Mer- right. That's right. I remember Bill Mercer saying it. That's right. Yeah, the Butt Butt. So, again, one of those things I never really paid attention to back in the day, but I knew it as the Butt Butt in World Class. And, and yeah, Watts is saying it's called the Romper Stomper. I'm guessing Watts did not like the name Butt Butt. I don't know. I'm just going <laughs> to go out on a limb. But the, the TVs would have overlapped, uh, in my opinion. So you'd have had you'd had an audience here that was getting world class, also was getting, you know, this show. So anyway, it's uh, they call it the Romper Stomper in Mid-South, but it's the Butt Butt in world class. Iceman King Parson wins with the Romper Stomper or the Butt Butt. <laughs> and that's it. They announced next week Buddy Nichols. But we'll talk more about that next week here on the show. But we wrap up another episode of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. Want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com. Available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And I also want to make mention that if you want to discuss Mid-South Wrestling, if you want to read some information about Mid-South history or maybe add to it, check out tinyurl.com slash Wrestling History Forum for the Mid-South Wrestling Forum on the Kayfabe Memories message board. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and Booking the Territory? Please come give us a listen at tinyurl.com slash bttpod. Uh, you can also search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. 
Right now, we drop one show per week, and we're covering NWA Saturday Night on TBS as we work our way through the end of 1989. And I've mentioned before on this show, we've talked about the Steiner brothers on that show because that's when they start teaming up in 89. Brian Pillman is phenomenal when he comes in in 89. Lex Luger has a great year in 89. But we are getting to the end and going into 1990 on that show. And we uh, have just embarked upon the time right before, depending on when you're listening to this, when they take a big, hairy, meaty crap on the Great Muda. And you can hear us talk about that at tinyurl.com slash bttpod. The show is known as the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast for a reason. The jokes are terrible. The language is strong, but it's still fun nonetheless as we talk old school classic wrestling. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mike504Saints. I'll oftentimes post clips of the shows. I posted a series of clips a couple weeks back uh, regarding uh, uh, an interesting episode that we had where we had a lot of title belts changing hands and JYD involved and then the tag titles and whatnot. Posted them on Twitter for anybody out there who uh, does not have access to the episodes but wanted to see kind of what Brian and I were talking about. And I also posted our wonderful friend Leaping Lanny Poffo who does not get DQ'd when he does a backflip off the top rope to his opponent. But come listen to Book in the Territory, tinyurl.com slash pod. Follow me on Twitter at Mike504Saints. And uh, yeah, that's it. Brian, another fun episode. Looking forward to next week. And to see or not see if uh, our main man, Buddy Nichols, is in the booth. Well, until then, the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Your producer is Jace Nakarado. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho!